Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Carol. How are you, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is March 2nd, 1996. And we have had, I don't know, a pretty good week, right? I mean, it's been... Decent week, yeah. Yeah. It usually is. It's getting, it's starting to get a, just a little bit warmer here. A little. In the great state of Michigan. Not enough, though. We're able to to trudge out into some snow and go to the mall. <laughs> I hate snow. Do you? Yeah. I want to move to, I told you, I want to move to Orange County. That's Orange County. where I want to go. To follow the money. <laughs> and the warmth and the palm the trees. Money and the sun. I don't like living in Michigan. No? Mm-mm. I do. I do like living in Why? Michigan. Why? I don't know. I mean, okay, I like fall leaves. <laughs> That's about it. That's it. That's it. It's the only thing you like about Michigan. Yes. You should work for the tourism board. <laughs> Come to Michigan. <laughs> Fall leaves. Right. Everything else sucks. What about you don't like you don't like the water that much. I, I You're like not into water sports. I like pools, but I don't like lakes. Cement ponds, as they call them in Beverly Hills. <laughs> sure. I mean, come on, like, a lake, it's, like, full of fish life. poop. Yeah, it's full of life. I know, it's, you, you can you can uh, pee in it, too. I don't want to. It's the fish. <laughs> it's so gross. It's called the aqua bog. Ugh. <laughs> and, like, you get in, and, like, all you feel is seaweed on your feet, and it's just gross. In a lake? Yeah. Mm, that seems more of an ocean thing. Is there really seaweed in the lake? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah, it's, You're looking it, at me all confused. It grows up from the bottom, and it's green, and it's plant life, and it tickles your feet. You've not experienced this? You eat it sometimes. Yeah, on sushi. Right, exactly. But this isn't sushi. This is a lake, and it's gross. <laughs> it's another one for the tourism board. <laughs> this isn't somebody, somebody standing next to Lake Michigan. This isn't sushi. Don't be confused now. <laughs> I know there's raw fish and seaweed. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, there's some, there's something there. There's something there. Like uh, instead of calling them lakes, calling them like sushi production studios. Or right. Something. I don't know. Ew. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have salmon, so yeah. Yeah, we do, right? Yeah, we do. In Michigan? Yeah, we do. I don't know if we do or not. No, we do. Okay. Like, one time I went out on a boat with my parents and their... Proud of you. <laughs> Shut up. My parents and their friend, okay? they, they yeah. Their friend lived in, like, Traverse City or somewhere like that. I thought you were going to say lived in a shack. <laughs> no, but I mean, he did, like... There's ha- salmon in here. <laughs> he had a house on the lake. Oh, okay. <laughs> And they went fishing, and we ate fresh salmon. Nice. And it was pretty cool. They caught salmon. Yeah. They caught and cooked and ate salmon. Are you sure? I, I don't know, in a lake? Yeah. I thought salmon lived in the rivers and stuff. I, I don't they, know. Maybe it was a river. I thought they, it was a lake. They like they swim upstream or something. 
Maybe they only maybe they only go to the rivers and swim upstream when when they're mating or something maybe. like that. I don't know. We'll have to go to the library and get a book on salmon and look all this shit up. Yeah, because I don't know how else to figure or maybe that just out. Eat some salmon. Yeah, you and need then, to buy me sushi after this, and then we'll it'll absorb into our <laughs> pores where they are. Like, mm, tastes like rubber. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We do have a lot of news here. Do we? This week. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've picked some things out. Not all of it's worth really talking about very do much. Do I see Jason Priestley? You do. You see Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley is in the Detroit News? What the hell's happening? So this uh, article, this article should be called Slow News Day, but it's called <laughs> Brother Sister Acts. Okay. And it prominently features uh, Academy Award nominated Elizabeth Shue. And her brother, Andrew Shue, who is on Melrose Place. Oh. Says, is he that dude? He's that dude. That's so cool. That's right. He's that dude. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, not the one from 90210. Oh, well, then he's not that dude. Don't lie. No, he's he's another one. He's a dude. Maybe it's coincidence or nepotism. Either way, it's shaping up to be quite a year for brothers and sisters who are actors. Elizabeth Shue is nominated for an Academy Award, just as thespian brother Andrew Shue is reaching new heights on Fox's Melrose Place. Does it get any better? Well, actually, it does. Justine Priestley is joking, the, or is joining the cast of Melrose Place, and her brother Jason Priestley is expanding the dramatic integrity of his character on Beverly Hills 90210. Holy Ooh. shit. He's going to be expanding the dramatic arc of his character or whatever oh because he's going down the dark gambling road no 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 no. we're we're behind that oh yeah <laughs> we're like we're oh no 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 Bless you. sorry <laughs> it tickled that one's gotta stay in though <laughs> uh yeah lots of those get cut out and coughs and everything else anyway so i'm a mess people i'm an absolute mess well it's not just you my coughs too but anyway, so yeah, we're we're like three seasons or two seasons behind. So like a faucet going on in your uh, Carol's <laughs> holding in the sneeze. Your, you know you can sneeze. It's okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's. Uh, and I mean, they talk about some other people too, the Jacksons. I think we should watch Melrose Place this week for real. We've talked about it so many times. All right, we should do it. We'll what, look for uh, Priestley. What do you think about brothers and sisters acting? Uh, I don't think about it, like at all. Do you think that it's fair? Why wouldn't it be? Well, don't you think that there's like. Is Andrew Shue really the the best guy for the job, or did he just get the job because his sister was Elizabeth Shue? Um, my thought is that he, he auditioned they were... for that job, and he was like, "Yeah, you ever see Adventures in Babysitting?" It's my sister. I mean, sure, if you know somebody, it's an in or whatever. Right. But they're raised by the same people. They have similar genes. Mm-hmm. Like they might just both be talented. It's funny, too, because there's a lot of nepotism in Hollywood regardless. Uh-huh. Like Ron Howard, right? His dad's is 
Rance. I believe his name is Rance. What kind of, like, Rancid? Like, what yeah. kind of name is that? Rance Howard. Ew. And he, he got, little Ronnie Howard got into Hollywood when he was real young, right? Yeah, he was Opie. Yeah, he was Opie and he was, uh, I can't remember the kid's name from The Music Man. Mm. I remember the little girl that he talked to was Amaryllis because he had a lisp. Okay. So he'd be like, hello, Amaryllis. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember his character's name. A oh, Winthrop. Wow. Winthrop was his character in, in The Music Man. What a name. Well, you know, Opie forever ruined the life of every redheaded boy. Oh, yeah. What's up, Opie? <laughs> But now he's a famous director. Yeah. He's he's broken to Hollywood elitism. And he's now, still a gender. And now, <laughs> not for long. You see how fast he's going bald? That's true. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and soon his kids will be in Hollywood too, probably. Probably. Because that's what I'm saying. That's They also live there. I mean, these are the locals of Hollywood. And they're following the money. <laughs> they live in Orange County. That's right. They, yes. they followed the path. Speaking of someone who followed the money, Mira Sorvino. What do you think of, of Mira Sorvino? I don't think you've seen the movie she's in. No, I haven't. She's the mighty Aphrodite. The, uh, that's Woody Allen movie. But it's really uh, opening people's eyes to the fact that she exists as a human being. <laughs> okay. And now she's playing Marilyn Monroe in a movie. Hmm. Well, she's definitely pretty. That's about all I have to say about that. Although, again, Mira Sorvino, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about nepotism. Her dad is Paul Sorvino. I don't know who that is. He's He plays mobsters in, like... Tons of movies. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything other than uh, a mobster movie. Well, she does not look like a crime boss. She looks like... She looks like Marilyn Monroe, kind of. Yeah. I mean, but an Italian version. Yeah. An Italian version of Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Sophia Loren. There you go. But she doesn't look like Sophia Loren. Just, uh... Just FYI. Uh, let's see. What else have I got here in this newspaper? The Detroit... What the fuck? The Detroit News. Not just the Detroit News. It's what the fuck Detroit News. What the fuck Detroit News. Mike Duffy's talking about the sitcom Buddies. You ever you ever hear this? No. So, <clears throat> way back when. Not way back when. Like, I don't know, a year ago. That is a way back. Well, it's way back for me. Way back in the way back machine. A year or two ago, these two dudes appeared on Home Improvement. Okay. And they were like, they were supposed, they were in the audience of Tool Time. And then I can't remember exactly what happened on the episode, but Tim Allen talked to them and they were like cracking jokes and everyone's like, oh, they're so funny. So they were like, oh, let's give them their own show. Wow. Let's give these two. That's how you get a show. Let's give these two minor characters that were in one scene for you know brief laughs their own show. But I'll tell you, they were they did like the actors that played them seemed pretty charismatic. 
the and I'm not, you know, I'm not singling him out because he's black, but the black one. Okay. Because we don't know these people. Uh, but their names, I'll tell you, uh, are uh, the black one <laughs> is Dave Chappell, Chappelli. Okay. Dave Chappella. Dave Chappella and uh, Christopher Garton. In the, they replaced the the white guy. The white guy when he was when they did the thing on home improvement. On um, home improvement, the white guy was Jim Brewer. Is his name okay? And they replaced him with some other white guy because all white guys look alike. So then they didn't really give them a show. They gave this Dave Chappelle a show. Same characters though. Okay. They're the same characters. So he's it's a new guy playing the same character. Right. They're the characters that that like how Mork was on Happy Days and mm-hmm. then they made Mork and Mindy. It's the same kind of thing. But was it the different character? I mean different actor? No. No. Right. It was still it was still Robin Williams both times. So not the same thing. No, but the I mean the Dave Ch- uh Chappelle is is the same though. Yeah. I'm just saying that they gave Dave Chappelle the show and not the buddies. Well, yeah, but I do think he was the more, like, kind of, he seemed more at home in front of the camera to me. Well, I guess we'll have to check that out, too, and see. If you watch that episode of Home Improvement. We'll have to get Home Improvement on, oh, oh, you want to check out this show? Yeah. Buddies? Yeah, that's what I am saying. Mike Duffy says, for interracial sitcom, Buddies avoids pulpit. So they're not speaking about race relations. Alright, so Buddies and Melrose Place. We're, we're set for our next couple shows here. Do they really need to speak about race relations, though? Can't it just be a, uh, a sitcom where it's like not a big deal that well, a white guy and a black guy are friends? Sounds sounds like that's what they're going to do. I know, but why even... Why, Mike Duffy, why do you even need to talk about it? Is Mike Duffy a white dude living in a mostly white area? Probably, yeah. Then there you go. <laughs> He's definitely a white dude, because that's what his picture is, but I don't know if he lives in a mostly white area. I, I bet he does. He's guessing he doesn't live in Brightmore. So. That's a good local reference for you guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, TV ratings system has been pledged. What do you think about this? Under pressure from parents and politicians. Under pressure. The television industry agreed Thursday. Uh, what is the, the, t- the television industry? Like, it's one thing. <laughs> Hi, I, I'm Mitch, president of the television industry. Right. And we will agree to your demands. <laughs> uh, Thursday, Thursday, they agreed to this, to devise a rating system to warn viewers of violence and sex. I gotta warn them about that darn sex. Yeah. They're handing the TV remote control back to American parents, President Bill Clinton said. What do you think about a television ratings system. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, we have a rating system for the movies. Why not for the television? How's that going to work? Is it going to come up like... Is it just going to be in like TV Guide? Like you look in TV Guide and it's like, here you go, here's the ratings of each of the programs? Or is it going to actually show up on the TV? Like just big, bold, right? Like... It's like doom down to down down Seinfeld or whatever, bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. and it's like, <laughs> rated PG thirteen. 
Um, I I think that it would probably just be in the TV guide because they don't put the rating, boom, in the beginning of a movie. So well, why would they do that with a television that's show? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you, if you're a parent, I guess you got to go to the TV guide and look and see what the rating is before you say, "Hey, I want to show this to my kid or not." If you care. What about commercials too? What about them? Are they gonna? Because the they'll show on and trailers for movies will be like rated R. Yeah. Or rated PG. Right. Are they, are they going to do that for, for you know, that's mad about you. Rated PG. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. NYPD Blue rated R. Because <laughs> they show some butts. They do. That one will be rated R or whatever. Whatever yeah. they're going to rate them. But violence and sex. There's not a lot of sex on TV. You don't see nudity on television unless you have a cable package. Right. But, I mean, you have a cable package. I do. I have, <laughs> I have several packages. What do you think they're going to rate the uh, Skinamax shows? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's So, they'll just, those will be X, I guess. I guess. Do they have actual sex? Um, yeah. Wow. And the Skinamax, yeah. That's softcore pornography. But I thought softcore wasn't actual sex. I thought it was just... Well, it's simulated sex. But it's nudity and sex acts. Okay. You don't think that's uh, that's deserving of an X rating? Well, I mean, we saw that stripper movie, right? And that was NC-17, and that had nudity and simulated sex acts. Yeah, that's true. That was was NC-17. So I guess these... So the Cinemax ones would be NC-17, then? I mean, I would think, because I thought actual porn was actual sex. So the these would be, the Cinemax ones would be NC-17, and then the X rating would be saved for actual sex. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's coming from uh, my opinion. I'm not I'm part of the television industry. Well, here's, so. yeah, you're not, you don't work for Mitch. Nah. So here's, uh, here's the thing. The the MPAA, the Motion Picture whatever Association of America, mm-hmm. the they are like, I don't know, like 30 fucking rich families in Orange County that followed the money. Just housewives and house husbands and shit. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that rate the movies. Really? And it's very arbitrary. Sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, you can only do this," or you, can, you know, you get an R rating, or you can only do this, or you got to cut stuff out like this, or you get an R rating. And Steven Spielberg comes in, and they're like, uh, "Oh, we don't we, buckets of blood. We don't care, Mister Spielberg," because <laughs> I love him. And so, who's gonna? My question is: Are the same people gonna be in charge of rating the television system? I highly doubt it. Don't you think their plates are full of rating the movies? Well, who's going to do it? Is it is it going to be 30 other families in fucking Orange County, or is there actually going to be, like, a qualified board of people with actual standards instead of just how we fucking feel? That's my, that's my question. Right, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, I hope it's the latter or the former. <laughs> I don't remember which one I said first. What are first. you rooting for here? <laughs> I don't remember which one I said first. I want it to be a... a, a Pay a blue ribbon panel with standards. Okay, I want people we to want actually standards know. for standards our programming and practices. That's an actual thing, but okay. maybe it'll just be standards and practices. Maybe the censors. 
I hate censorship. Uh, but speaking of censorship, <laughs> what do you think of the Bratish invasion? What the hell is that? That's what they're calling Oasis's burst onto the American scene since they're kind of brats instead of the British invasion. Um, I mean, I like Oasis. Wonderwall and such. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're the brothers, the Gallagher brothers, Liam and the other one, I don't know, Simon. Uh, I don't remember their names. <laughs> they uh, feud a lot. They fight with each other all the really? time. Oh, yes. Mm. And it's, it's funny to see. But they, they're clearly heavily influenced by the Beatles, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you can you can definitely hear, like, the British accent even when they're singing, which I kind of think means they're not that great of singers, but I still enjoy <laughs> their music. So. Only if, uh, so, you can only be a good singer if you sing in an American accent. Well, no, but I'm just, like, isn't, isn't that kind of, like, the universal thing, like, everybody sings no everybody sings without an accent though like everybody sings the same uh do we all sing the same i guess not really no because they're like sinatra didn't sing without an accent well sinatra is not a great singer what the fuck (laughs) he's a great entertainer and he has a decent voice but he his strong suit was not like that he has this great voice, it was that he's oh, very entertaining. Okay. I I would... Ugh. Send letters, please. <laughs> if anybody's out there, because you're just totally wrong. Fighting words, apparently. Like, that's... He was absolutely known for his voice. Okay. What kind of accent did he have? New Jersey. Okay. You know, let's sing like, uh, you know, somewhere in my heart, which would be fine. Try to find a place for me. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Somewhere in your heart. I don't care where it might be. Now here it comes. One little corner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he'd sing it, too. May not mean so much to you, but one little corner would be enough to see me through. Um, Was he vocally trained? Did yes. he Really? And he still did that. Interesting. He put his own spin on it. Okay. Everyone has to use their own voice. Yeah. A lot of times British... Well, here's the thing, too. The Beatles had a bit of an accent, too. Oh, yeah. That's true. Tell you something. They... I don't know where I heard that, but I heard somewhere that, like, mostly people sing with an American accent. Well, I think most... I think... I was always, so I did, I wasn't vocally trained, as you can hear, but (laughs) I did, I did one, I did one play that was a musical where they kind of, they gave us a little bit of training, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And they would say, or actually really, it was just the guy next to me who had been vocally trained. And he told me a little bit of different things that he, he learned in his class and he said, you know, you're supposed to over enunciate all the all the words, especially the vowels. That's kind of like a a and and it almost makes you sound a little British when you're doing it. Okay. And I guess that's supposed to be the way the Broadway way to sing. Hmm. You plant your feet like you're a tree. Right. 
you know, it's like strong bass, strong, tight stomach, you know, because you're using your diaphragm to sing. And uh, and then you're opening your mouth really wide. But, you know, you'd say like, um, I'm trying to think of the, the song, one of the songs that we sang. Like, um, <clears throat> now all I can think of is that Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, good. No, I'm sorry, I'm no, interrupting. Good. No, good. No, I'm just wondering though, like what accent had to do with that? No, I'm saying you almost sound a little British when you're doing it, and you're taking your accent out of it because when you're in really enunciating things, you're you're kind of taking your accent out of it. Okay, accent seems to come a lot from your lips and your teeth. And your tongue and the way I'm trying. How do I explain this? So to me, it seems like accents come from the varying the opening of your mouth and where your tongue's pressing. If you're really concentrating on opening your mouth very wide and over enunciating everything, it takes a lot of your your natural accent out of it. Yeah. I think. Well, maybe that's what people do then. I, I think that's where you, you, I think that's where that comes from, what you heard about okay. how people mostly sing accentless. I think that's probably where that comes from, that kind of vocal training. That's my guess. Makes sense. And then there are people that break those vocal training rules, like Sinatra or in instances like the Beatles, because I don't even know if they were vocally trained or not, but I, I doubt it. But they break those rules because that gives more flavor and uniqueness to their... Because when everyone's doing that, when everyone's learning the vocal training, everyone kind of sounds the same, like you said. And if you want to be unique and break out of that, then well, yeah, and you like break for, some of those rules. For me, it was choir where you don't want to be unique or stand out. You want to all sound the same. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. I, never, I never took choir or anything like that. So Okay, I got it. Yep, not trained at all. Never had one lesson of anything. <laughs> not in singing anyway. And yet, beautiful voice. I doubt it. You do. But I'm no Sinatra. Or I am. I don't know. <laughs> Cause, because apparently, according to you, Sinatra wasn't known for his voice. Yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I took it back. I believe they called him the voice. Okay. That was one of his na- nicknames. But he was also charming and entertaining, yes? Yeah. Okay. I think more Dean Martin was probably... I think Dean Martin has a good voice, but I think he was probably less known for his voice and more for his entertainment. Maybe I was thinking of Dean Martin, actually. Yeah. Could be. Anyway. So, on to what we watched. We didn't watch a televisual program this week, although we kind of did, I guess. I mean, we didn't watch a television show, but we watched... I got you to a stay over. TV movie. I got you to stay over and we watched... We watched because I have cable and she doesn't. And we watched a cable television show. An HBO original movie from HBO <laughs> Films. Or HBO Pictures. Uh-huh. Called The Late Shift. What did you think about this movie, Mark? <laughs> I love this movie. Really? Yes. I did not love this movie. I figured. I found it so boring. Why? Why? Like, there's all this business and, like, politics. It's not interesting to you at all? 
Here's the thing. I love David Letterman, and I loved Johnny Carson, and I paid attention when all this stuff was happening with the, you know, the the late night wars or whatever you want to call it, the, the jockeying between J- Jason, I believe his name is, Jason Leno. And Jay Leno? What the hell? Jamin Leno. And do you hate him or something? I do. Why? I don't like him. He's a piece of shit. And he didn't do anything wrong. According to the movie, he didn't do anything wrong. But in real life, he was probably a little more backstabbing than this movie makes him appear. Okay. Anyway, I don't like Jay Leno and David Letterman. So I paid attention to all that stuff. So this stuff's interesting to me. You don't care at all. Nope. You don't watch the late night programs. You don't care about it. You don't care about the history of comedy. You don't understand the through line between Jack Benny and Johnny Carson and David Letterman and the history of beautiful television comedies. I'm lucky that I can tell them apart, Jay Leno and David Letterman. Yeah, they look so much alike. I mean, that's just how little I care. It's like they're both late night talk show hosts. Honestly, watching the movie, I wasn't sure which one was going to win. Because <laughs> I don't know which one hosts the late show or whatever, or the tonight show or whatever it's called. How can we do an entertainment show and you're this clueless? Um, Because that show has nothing to do with this show. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> so don't, tell me what your problems with the movie. Like I said, it was just boring. Like in the beginning, there were so many characters mm-hmm. and it was hard to keep track of them because I didn't really care about any of them because they gave me no reason to. Mm-hmm. And like, I couldn't figure out like who worked for who, what all these relationships were. At one point, like there's this secret meeting in a bar and then somebody sends him a drink and I'm like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, it's just somebody in the business. Like, then who the fuck cares? I didn't even understand why they were meeting in secret. I didn't get it. Because they're trying to steal Jay Leno away from, from NBC. Well, yeah, eventually I understood that that's what was happening. But, I mean, it wasn't clear in the beginning. It was just all muddly and boring. Yeah, it wasn't clear in the beginning. All they have is a scene with fucking Rod Perth, played by the great Ed Begley Jr., and Les Moonves, and, and they, uh, or, no, Howard Stringer. How, the, all they have is a, a scene with a meeting between Rod Perth and Howard Stringer watching the shows, mm-hmm. the two shows, mm-hmm. and then saying... We need a piece of this. NBC's dominating late night. We're CBS. They looked right to the camera and say, we're CBS. <laughs> and they say, we need we need a piece of this. We need to figure out which one of these we can steal. Uh, well, David Letterman signed till 1993. We can't steal him. What about Jay Leno? Oh, he doesn't have much of a contract. We can steal him. Let's go steal him. And then they have the scene in the bar. And you're like... I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and you didn't know who was going to win. The first scene of the movie is David Letterman uh, standing in front of a big CBS podium being like, hi, I'm coming to CBS. And they're all and all the reporters are like, yes, you're coming to CBS. Will I ask you questions? And you're like, I don't know who's going to win. 
Well, I mean, which network did he work for to begin with? Again? NBC. Well, there you go. See, that was crucial information that I didn't totally get. Son of a bitch. There's a scene with Brandon Tartikoff where he's like, I am the president of everything. The text underneath him says, he is the president of NBC. And he's like, let me, let me get all the people that work for me to sleep tonight or whatever. You know what I think the problem is? That you didn't give a shit? No one in this that movie... you didn't give it a chance at all? Like, had any kind of romance or action <laughs> or anything like that. Action? Yeah. I mean, you missed was... the part where Jay Leno was on the roof of the NBC building just <laughs> taking <laughs> people out with a sniper rifle? There's just espionage, and it's not the same. Like it was, it was just poor. I couldn't stay focused. I'm you sorry. Didn't, you didn't give it a chance. It was not good. You didn't give it a chance. What was the reason? You to, came in you thinking cared. you hate. You came in thinking you hate it. You came you in thinking did. you'd love it, and you did. I mean, because you care about I those like, people. I care about the history of Hollywood. The history of television. It stuff. was like a documentary. It was like watching something in class. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting part of the movie was when Jay Leno's like producer was losing her mind and getting fired and stuff. I liked that. Kathy Bates. Yeah. The great Kathy Bates. But I thought she was his manager at first, and I'm like, why? She was. So why was she the executive producer? Because that's the deal she made. She was his agent. And when she got this deal for him, she became executive producer. Hmm. So she got that job where, because she's not, once he gets that job in TV, she's not going to be like, okay, now I'm going to take 10% of your salary every every week right. or whatever. So she needs a job. So she just kind of came with him. Yes, exactly. Riding his coattails. They were a package deal. Well, she did a lot for him, apparently. Oh. Well. I mean, who knows? Maybe she's totally innocent, and he's a dick, and he totally betrayed her. Maybe, but maybe that's that might be right. Apparently, she did sue the the writers of the book. So. But according to this movie, she was pretty darn psycho. Yeah, and maybe she was. I don't know. I mean, she she actually shut down a broadcast because the the what the convention, convention. the. The Republican convention was over. cutting into their time. Yes, that's that's crazy ballsy stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean that I, I didn't like that. But that actually happened apparently. So, I don't know. I, I don't think she was a good person. Well, according to this movie, she's not. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to think. I, I I hesitate to ask this question. What? Because I'm pretty sure I know the answer. What did you think of the portrayals? Of the two guys, the you know David Letterman and, and Jay Jay Leno, how did you think they did as far as impressions versus performance? Um, I mean, I think they both did a good job with their performance, and you know they both were like likable, and I, I but I that was the problem. So to me, they were both likable, and I again didn't really wasn't familiar with the real story, so. I was not rooting for one so much over the other, mm-hmm. except that, you know, Dave Letterman seemed really sad, and I kind of wanted him to get it so he would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, well, that's not the answer I thought. I thought you were going to say, I don't know, because I don't, I don't even know what they look like. Aw. Hey, now, I watched it. I didn't like it. No, I, I mean David Letterman and Jay Leno. Oh. What they look like. No, I told you I can tell them apart. You said you couldn't tell them apart. No, I said I was surprised that I could tell them apart. Oh. Is that what you said? I, don't I think. Who knows? Or I was lucky I could or whatever. Maybe I'll play that loop of you're wrong over and over Oh, jeez. You're so mean to me. You were wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I wonder. They, it's it's a t- tough, difficult position to be in, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're you kind of want to do a bit of an impersonation, and they both do mm-hmm. do a bit of an impersonation. Sometimes I think the David Letterman, obviously. This stars David Letterman. I mean, it's mostly his story. Right. It's a lot of his point of view, I think. And there's a bit of an impersonation there. Oh, by the way, speaking of impersonations, what did you think of Rich Little playing Johnny Carson? I mean, I don't really know Johnny Carson, so I I can't comment on the quality of the impersonation. I don't think it's a great impersonation. Okay. Rich Little is a very famous impersonator. From, like, the 70s. (laughs) So you're not going to know who he is. Yeah, because, again, not a grandparent. Well, he used to do the Dean Martin roasts and stuff like that all the time. But anyway, he he famously does a um, Johnny Carson impersonation, obviously, that he did in this movie. But I always thought that it was more... it's, It's a comedy performance. It's not a... It's not an actual good impression. It's like a, well, Dave. <laughs> he's like he's all like moving everywhere and never keeping his his body still and stuff. It's a comedy impersonation. It's a funny impersonation that is somewhat accurate, but it's not a wholly accurate impersonation. Right. And I don't know. I think he could have just got somebody else to play it. Yeah. Oh. I think it's distracting to have Rich Little play it. I mean, I guess I can see he was kind of less believable of a character than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like he looked like the guy from The Price Is Right. That's who he looked like to me. Bob Barker. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We saw Bob Barker in a movie <laughs> when we went, when we watched Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah. You forgot it already, huh? I did. So I liked this. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad I was able to share it with you. I didn't like it. Yeah, it disappoints me. But doesn't surprise me. I need a little more oomph everything, to my movies. Everything I love, you have to pay. Hey, that's not true. <laughs> we both love me. That's true. <laughs> so we saw a, a film, too. I needed to take showers after I saw that movie. Yes. It did make me feel dirty, careful. <laughs> and that was my first response. Like, it was just traumatizing. It was like an hour and a half of continuous trauma watching this movie. It's, uh, it's... So, uh, what... Do I like this movie or do I not like this movie? That's the, the question. I was liking the movie a lot, Kind of up until the last third, maybe. Yeah. I think the movie really kind of 
falls apart in the last third. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I like the idea of that Telly, the main character, is just like this monster <laughs> on the loose. Right. That he's got, he has AIDS. It's like he's like a, it's like a typhoid Mary situation or something. He has HIV and. He's like maybe 16, maybe. Yeah. He has HIV and the the girl uh, played by, oh God. Chloe sets Chloe seven seven yeah it looks like wine yeah she's played by Chloe wine so <laughs> Chloe Cabernet Sauvignon right right Chloe seven I think but anyway she she has to stop him it's like a ticking clock thing because he's going to try to sleep with this other underage girl no, the, the, you're just jumping way ahead here but yeah well wait, I'm not gonna necessarily go plot by plot. But I mean, he, he he started out. This is what makes him a monster to me. He started out the movie sleeping with an underage girl. Yeah, who looked like she's twelve. But he's also underage. But he's like sixteen. Well, the girl that he wants to have sex with is thirteen years old. Yeah. So <clears throat> the girl in the beginning might be younger than that. No, and the girl she's the, not. If you'd let me finish. Damn. The girl that he wants to sleep with at the end is thirteen years old, and Casper says. Man, she's only 13. Casper knows he had sex with the other girl at the beginning of the movie, and he's all happy about it. So I think she was like 14, maybe 15. Okay. That's my guess, is that's what she was supposed to be. I wonder how old the actress was. I don't know. But he likes to have sex with the virgins. Yeah, that's so fucked up. That's his big thing, is to have sex with the virgins. He obviously didn't always have sex with virgins, because he has... HIV. Right. I don't know who gave him that, but... But Chloe Sevigny goes to the clinic to get tested for sexually transmitted diseases just to accompany her friend, played by uh, Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. And she's really good. She's in, like, two scenes of this movie. But she's really good. Yeah, she's very animated. She she does a, a lot with her face. Yeah, but she's yeah, and a lot of subtle acting going on there too. I was, yeah. really, I was impressed with her like two scenes. The movie, honestly, should have been about those two. It would have been a better movie. Yeah, it would have been a better movie if it focused on those two women care girl characters instead of these fucks. Yeah, but. She goes there to just to be moral support, and it's the story of Rosario Dawson's had sex with a bunch of different people. She's had anal sex. Hasn't used protection. All this stuff. And Chloe Simony is like, oh, I've only had sex with one person. Which we know is Telly. Vaginally. And she has AIDS and Rosario Dawson doesn't. Right. Or HIV. So, I'm using them interchangeably. I know they're different diseases. So because... She only slept with him, and she has it. We all know. Yeah, that he has it. And the implication is, now, this is no. This is not to say you should not use protection. Because you absolutely should use protection. Every time, AIDS is real, it's deadly, protect yourself. Right. But the conceit of this movie is, every time he has sex with a girl, he's giving them hiv right that's not necessarily true i'm saying that i don't think that it's every single time 
Yeah. You think every single time... So, this is a debate I want to have. I don't know. I don't know the science behind this. You think that every single time that... So a guy has sex with a girl, if he's HIV positive, he'll give it to them. I mean, I, I think pretty pretty consistently. I mean, you're you're literally injecting a girl with your seed, right? Like, it's so different. Like, if a girl has it and a guy sleeps with her, maybe they wouldn't get it. I could well, see that's, that. That's also the conceit of the movie, too, is that if you have HIV, if anyone's HIV positive, boy or girl, anyone they have sex with is also going to get it for sure. I don't. I think that I think that's the conceit of this movie. Maybe I think that's definitely what they want you to think. I don't know that that's necessarily accurate, but that's definitely how this movie's written. Yeah, yeah, and and like the end of the movie. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is the end of the movie? Looking around that room, you kind of wonder how many mm-hmm. of these children yeah. are going to end up with AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things I don't like about this movie is that everything happens in this movie. <laughs> is there is there something that could happen? It does. Right. Because this this movie's looking at skater like dropout kind of like druggy culture kids mm-hmm. New York City. I don't know exactly what to call it. You know, a lot of them are skaters and and stuff like that. They'll they'll hang out at the park with their skateboards and everything, which happens in this movie. So I don't know exactly what to call them besides skaters, but, you know, they they smoke pot and they have sex and all that stuff. There's a group of kids like this in most cities throughout America, most major cities throughout America. And this one focuses on on the New York scene. Right. And it's clearly supposed to be like, hey, this is this is a realistic depiction of how these people, how these kids live in New York, and I think it's accurate, but it's also everything. <laughs> like yeah. all this stuff doesn't happen on in one day, but it does in this movie to one or two people, right? Yeah, but it does in this movie. It's like AIDS check. Beat the fuck out of somebody. Check. Yeah. Smoke pot. Check. Do whippets. Check. Steal uh, a 40 from a store. Check. Steal money from your parents. Yeah. Um, Have sex with with two virgins in one day. Check. Have somebody literally force drugs down your throat. Yep. Check. (laughs) Go to the nightclub. Check. Get raped in a room full of people. Exactly. Check. Yep. Like all the stuff that could happen. To these, to these kids, to this group, happens in one 24-hour period. And it's a bit too much. I know that it's, like I said, I know it's trying to be a realistic depiction. It uses actual children, for the most part. That Chloe Sevigny, I guess, is an adult. but And there are a couple other people that are adults in this movie, too. But a lot of, as you pointed out, the first sex scene with that very underage girl... They very clearly, the bra is like over her breasts. Like it's yeah. open, but it's still over her breasts, it's covering her nipples. I think it's probably taped down. She probably has tape over her nipples mm-hmm. underneath that. There were probably people on set watching, making sure because I'm sure she's not 18. Right. So there's no way they can show any kind of nudity for her. 
they get as close as humanly possible to showing underage nudity and then just stop right before that line. So they hire they hired actual kids, which is a good move if you want your movie to be realistic. And they hired a writer, or they have a writer, uh, I think his name is Harmony Corain, who obviously knows what this is like in reality. The problem is they no one said, oh, that's too much. Because yeah. once you pile so much of it on, it starts to feel less realistic. Because you're like, could all this stuff really happen in one day? No. And I don't think so. Yeah. Well, and then and my biggest beef with this movie, though, is the very end. Mm-hmm. The the rape scene yeah. goes on forever. It really does go on way too long. It's like, why? I, it's like, I know we're, it's supposed to make us uncomfortable and everything. And we're supposed to, I think it's to give us time. To give us time to go through a range of emotions. Because obviously we're angry at Casper for doing this. But then also like fearful for him, I guess. Because he's going to get HIV. I wasn't fearful. I'm I'm hoping he gets but HIV. that's supposed to be his comeuppance. Is he's doing this and he's, it's like instant karma. Mm-hmm. He's infecting himself while he's doing this. And he's like the whole time, he's like, it's, it's Casper. Don't worry, it's just Casper. <laughs> right, like, like it matters. Like, if she comes to, she's going to be like, oh, it's just you, it's okay. She tried to stop him, too. I think more because she knows she's infected right? than anything else. Like, no, no, you don't want to because of, you know, my disease. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Telly does sleep with both of these girls, so. The 13-year-old yeah. and then... At the end. and Chloe is not fast enough. Yeah, she fails in her mission. Or Jenny in the movie. Is that her name, Jenny? Yeah, I don't remember Jenny. anybody. Besides Casper and Telly, because they're such unique names, I don't remember anyone else's name in this movie. They said her name a lot. Okay. Because, like, in the, when they're on the phone, they're like, hey, Jenny says what's up. And he's like, who's that? Mm-hmm. Dick. There's a very interesting... So one of the, one of the scenes that I think works is there's a very interesting juxtaposition of a female conversation about sex at the same time a male conversation about sex is happening. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's well filmed. Mm -hmm. I think that's well written. I think that works. Well, yeah, that was in the beginning of the movie before we're completely disgusted and in a state of disbelief. And I I think that this movie would have worked better if it was so, like, if it was more hyper-focused, I guess, on her trying to find him. Mm-hmm. And maybe following her even a little bit more than following him. Because, like, following her, what she's going through. Because I think that's, I honestly think that's the more interesting story. We've got one character, Telly, that's just some vapid sex fiend that might be becoming a sexual predator. Right. I Like, we could be witnessing the inception of, like, some fucking... Really just terrible behavior, right? And we're following him as the interesting character, apparently, instead of following her, who's just found out that despite the fact that she's only had sex with one person, she has HIV. She's been handed what's essentially a death sentence. Yep. She doesn't know when. And 
She's also trying to find this guy to tell him to stop him. From spreading it further, yeah. It'd be so much more interesting to follow her because she could be getting more and more desperate. She, you know, she and, and everything. And she could be dealing with this emotional turmoil at the same time that she's dealing with trying to find him. And we just get glimpses of him here and there. The aftermath of of, of him being in a place and stuff like that. To me, that's a more interesting film than this. Yeah. This movie leaves its most interesting characters on the cutting room floor. And it takes away some of her ability to go through that range of emotion by Mm -hmm. drugging her. Exactly. So everything she's going through now is all muted and she's just stoned. If you want her to get raped at the end of this movie for whatever reason, because that's how you want to end your movie, then she could, she could get drugged there at the, yeah. At the final place that she gets to. Or, like, she could have found him, mm-hmm. seen she's too late, and then just downed a bottle or whatever because she's just like, oh, fuck, you know. Right. That would have something in it. Yeah. Or whatever. That she, you know, where she could would pass out. So, that yeah, that would have definitely been better. But, like, when she walks in there and she finds out that he's fucking some other girl right now, she has almost no reaction. Yeah, and that's the problem. She plays being stoned really well. Yeah. But you don't feel the failure. You don't feel the you don't feel the futility. You don't feel that and I think that's what the movie wants you to do. The movie wants you to feel this like uselessness and futility of life and, and things like that. And you don't because we don't get to see her go through it. She's just blank. They're just like, ugh. Close the fucking door and she closes the door. Yeah. Telly is a fucking monster. Casper yes. is a monster. Yep. They're all terrible people. Why are we following them? <laughs> I mean, does does, Har- does Harmony Corrine think that this guy, that this Telly is the hero? No, God, I, I don't think so. I mean, that that's not the way this movie comes across at all. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're not following her. I guess it's true. It's like a horror movie, but you don't usually follow the monster in the horror movie. You usually follow the victim. Exactly. It's true. And she's, she, like I said, she has way more interesting things to go on. And I think she's a better actor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those boys were not good actors at all. No, I wasn't too impressed. It's like, it's. it seemed like Telly was just like fucking reading a cue card half the time that he was mm-hmm. talking. There was like no emotion at all. Yeah. And I don't know if that, I mean, I don't know if that was supposed to be part of it or what, but you know, he's he wasn't great. Speaking of Opie, <laughs> that's a, that's what he looks like. I just like his teeth. Oh, my God. He was so gross. Like, how did he get this many girls to sleep with him? I don't understand. Because he's in a movie. Harmony <laughs> Crane wrote it that way. But I mean, like, it just seems like such a poor choice for the... Don't you think he's the... such a sweet talker, though? <sighs> I want to make you feel no? good. <laughs> No, I, I don't. If we fucked, I think you'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> and he uses the same speech every time, which you know gives the impression that it consistently works for him. Apparently, yeah. It's just because they're little girls gonna, and they don't know any better. I was going to say that you know you have to keep in mind they're virgins. Who he's picking? Yeah. And it hurts all of them. 
Yeah, well, and that's not realistic either. Just you can see the pain on each. Of I their hate faces. that, and and I hate the fact that he started out by fucking the one girl. So at the end of the movie, he's already had sex that day. Mm. So he's lasting a really long time, and that's another thing that we're watching well, you think for so. too long. You think so, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It seemed like a really long time watching her crying and saying it hurt. Oh yeah, that's true. Maybe it just seemed like forever. <laughs> right. Because I just want him thinking, like, just come, just stop, just get it over with. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, that. that is, the, you know, I didn't think about that, but that's the other thing, too. None of the women are are having a good, positive experience. No, I mean, like, when the girls were talking about sex, there was a couple of positive things that were said that, like, they mm-hmm. enjoy making out. And stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, none of them really seem like they like sex. It would have been more realistic if one of these virgins was like, oh, my God, this feels amazing. <laughs> well, like, wow, I, you know, what? I don't know about that. No? You don't think so? M- most- you, don't think any, you don't think any women have a good first time? I don't think most women have a good first time. Okay. Well, then maybe this is realistic. But it doesn't hurt. I wouldn't know. I mean, like, I, I don't think it hurts that bad. I mean, they're they're really playing up the oh wow, like well, how big is he? Too? It can hurt, sure. That's the question. How big? How big's Tell right? Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Maybe he has a uh, a large penis. All those poor babies. <laughs> I mean, maybe he doesn't, but maybe he does. Too. Right, that would explain it. Yeah, I don't know. I I did not like it. I mean, it was interesting, but. You Overall, it, would you recommend the movie? Maybe. Now like, we, I should point out that we rented this movie. You know, we didn't see it in theaters because it wasn't super. It wasn't super popular when it came out, so you don't have to actually go to the movie theater to see it. Would you recommend people rent it? Maybe like everybody should watch it once, but it's really uncomfortable and. If you have any, like, experiences that, you know, it might trigger to see sexual assault and stuff, I wouldn't watch it because, you know, it could be really upsetting for people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was, it's worth a watch, but just be prepared to be super disturbed and uncomfortable. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable. I think it's supposed to be. So it works on that level. Yeah, I think it succeeds in some aspects of what it's trying to do. There, yeah, and there there are bright spots in the movie, but it's just not consistently good enough for me to really want to recommend. And there was this one scene that's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, The guy on the subway, Mm -hmm. I have no legs, I have no legs. What a fun song. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, this guy literally has no legs going through the subway on a skateboard. Is this is this dude an actual homeless person that they were just like, hey, be in our movie? Do you think they could have done something, some kind of trick to make it look like he had no legs? Or do you think he really had no legs? No. Yeah, yeah he really had no legs. There's nothing that they could do to, to do that. I know that in that movie, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. they made it look like that Lieutenant Dan didn't have legs. Mm-hmm. But 
and he really does. That guy really does have legs. Yeah. For a long time. Gary Sinise? Yeah. For a long time, I was like, that dude doesn't have legs. Really? Huh. I thought so. But then he's in The Stand. Right. Well, so, and we saw him in Apollo 13. Yeah. So then, you know, it became clear that he did have legs. Yeah. But for a minute, I was like, does he really not have legs? But he was walking in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he loses his legs in the movie. That's true. I don't know why I was. I, I don't know why I thought that, but I really did think that. I, I really did think like, does he really not have legs? But yeah, he does. He has legs, and they they made it. It looked really good that he didn't have legs. But I don't think they. I don't think there's any way they did that with this dude. This, no, this guy's got like a fucking cap on his bottom because he not only does he not have legs, he's got nothing. He's got no penis. He has nothing below like his torso. Yeah, he must have like. Bags or something that stuff come out. God, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, the poor dude. Yeah, so I don't know if he's a, like an actual homeless person or whatever, but he he did sing a very fun, jolly <laughs> song. <laughs> Sang it in a really fun way. I have no legs. I have no legs. I have no legs. Very repetitive too. Yeah, kind of get on my nerves after a while. I would think. And the only nice thing that happens in the whole movie is that That's, Casper gives him some change. Yeah, that song's all hook. <laughs> right? Like we we did uh-uh. we did the song hook. This song's all hook. Anyway, yeah, that's the that's the movie. Um, I don't know. I, I would it, you recommend it? I don't think so. I don't think I'd recommend anybody see it. Okay. I, you know, if you want to, obviously, I'm not telling you don't go see it, but. I don't think you need to. Yeah, I mean, you could just listen to us talk about it mm-hmm. and save yourself the you, trauma you of get, watching it. get the idea. The point of the movie is don't have unprotected sex. Pretty much, yeah. Also, you know, don't rape people and sleep with underage girls. That's also good things to, to keep in mind. <laughs> Didn't know we needed an entire movie about that. For not know to do that. But, okay. <laughs> That's about it. All right. Well, <laughs> Carol, tell tell the people what to do, and we'll get out of here. Uh, you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com, mm-hmm. and go to our website at retrolatefee.com, and um, that's... Go, go to patreon.com slash retrolatefee. That's that other thing, yeah. And, uh, you know, tell a friend about the show. So, thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.